This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 24 and at the end of the chapter, really. And as we're studying through this, what's going to happen for Exodus is Moses is going to go up on the mountain. They've approached the mountain. They're worshiping God. The covenant's been made. Moses is going to go up on the mountain. He's interestingly going to take an assistant with him. And that assistant is somebody we all know but has not been really introduced yet in scripture and he hadn't been introduced in his fullness and and he's going to leave Aaron and the elders in the on, on the bottom of the mountain now most people know most people understand most people know when they're studying through the book of Exodus they know what happens at the bottom of the mountain while Moses is up receiving the 10 commandments and receiving the receiving the information and they know about Moses coming down and breaking the stones and all that happens as far as the golden calf is concerned first of all i don't think that everybody studies or even thinks about the circumstances by which uh Moses is up on top of the mountain second of all i don't think everybody understands uh what Moses is given which is not just the the tablets with the commandments on them that comes from uh, the ten, movie Ten Commandments. Most people think he just went up there. God wrote on the stone tablets with his finger, and and Moses carried the tablets back to the ground, and and then that was, and that that's what happened. And and in the meantime, in a few days, they start building the golden calf. That's not what happened. God gave him a lot of instructions about worship, instructions about how. He wanted the children of Israel to relate to him. And this is really good stuff because all of the things that God is going to tell Moses to do on top of the mountain, it, we can correlate, we can draw from understandings from, and we can add them to our understanding of how, how we're to relate to God. In fact, that the whole point of God's instruction to Moses about the tabernacle, about all the things that are going to be, how the children of Israel are going to relate to him, all those things have spiritual significance and they have and they give us spiritual insight into how to worship him. And so they're really important. And by the way, they go on for several chapters. God intimately, he does it specifically. He tells Moses exactly how to build the tabernacle. He tells Moses exactly what the ark's to look like, what the ark of the covenant's to look like, what all the all the pieces of furniture that are going to go into the ark are to look like. And each one of them has a picture of how God relates to us and how our relationship is with him. And this time that Moses is up on the mountain is a time where God's saying, this is how I want, because 
Now God's going to go from the mountain to the tabernacle, which is what God wants. God wants to be in the midst of his people. God wants to be in, in relationship with his people. And so these things are really important to God. They're important to God. And if they're important to God, they're important to us. And so God's saying, I'm set this up so that I can come off the mountaintop and be with you, that I can relate to you. And I think that is such a such a wonderful picture of who God is. God is a God who wants to tabernacle with us, wants to, he wants to have his tent where our tents are. He wants to meet where we are. He wants to be with us. And that taking place in God setting up the way in which his people can meet with him. Because by the way, we don't just get to meet with God. God has to make a way for us to meet with him because we're separated by sin. And as we're separated by sin, as we're struggling through this, as God is wanting to meet with us, he gives us specific instructions about how that relationship is to work. And if we glean from them all that God wants us to know, we we have powerful worship. We have powerful relationship with him. But now it's going to be a little bit of a problem, but I want you to I want you to notice what happened. Notice in verse 12 it says, The Lord said to Moses, Come up on the mountain and stay here. Meaning go, Moses knew and Aaron knew and everybody else knew that he was going up on the mountain for a while. And the reason he's going up on the mountain for a while is God's going to have to teach him a lot of stuff. There's a lot that God's going to have to teach him. And you go, well, why couldn't everybody go up? They already said they wouldn't go up. They didn't want to go up. And uh, we've already dealt with that issue. God's saying, okay, if they're not going to come up. I'm going to go down and be with them. And Moses this is what I need you to do. You need to come up here on the mountain. You're going to spend some time with me up here on this mountain, and I'm going to teach you. He says, and I will give you tablets of stone with the law and the commandments I have written for their instruction. What he's saying is, I've already told you what the commandments are. Now I'm going to give you tablets of stone. Notice this is one of the few times in scripture where God gives an artifact, something that is actually a physical thing for his people to have. That that does not happen. I know you you go you go with the golden chalice and the hunt for the ark of the covenant and the hunt for this and that and the other that we look for all the time as far as our movies are concerned and all the things that the we want to find the the crossbar in which Jesus was crucified on the shawl that he was buried in. I know we have all these artifacts that we want to find that in some way is supposed to uh, supposed to verify that Jesus did what he did or God did what he did. The truth is God's really not in the business of giving us artifacts so that we can prove that he exists. He proves that he exists in his creation, and he proves that he exists in the hearts of men. And so he's not really all that interested in proving through some artifact that can be broken down, that can be argued over. He, he doesn't want to make idols of made by men. He, he wants us to, to know him and to worship him in spirit and truth, not in artifacts. And so this is one of the few times where God says, I'm going to give you an artifact to put in an ark. I'm going to give you, I'm going to write on tablets of stone, and I'm going to give them to you for you to have and for there to be a recognition of the time I met with you here right here right now. And so he says, I'll give you tablets of stone with the law and the commandments I've written for their instruction. Then Moses set out with Joshua, his aide. Notice Moses takes Joshua with him. 
And this is the really the main introduction of the person of Joshua. Joshua is mentioned here as Moses' aide, meaning he's the second in command, really. He's the one who is with Moses all the time, and he's the one who knows Moses intimately in his leadership. He is the one who, who goes up on top of the mountain with Moses, and that gives him a position of authority when Moses is a god, and, and they're looking for a leader to lead them into the promised land. Joshua is going to be the one picked because Joshua is going to be the one who know, knew Moses the most. Joshua was the one who's going to, going to go up on the mountain and see all that Moses saw. And Joshua is going to be the one who, who, who has an idea of how this is supposed to be done because God's instructions are, are going to be given to Moses in Joshua's presence. So Joshua is right there. We have some continuity and leadership that is going to take place. And I love seeing Joshua being mentioned as being first identified as going up on the mountain with Moses. Notice, he said to the elders, these are the people that were set over in charge of uh, the tribes and nations. You had tribes and clans and, and families. Remember, God, God told, Jethro told Moses that he needed to set leaders in front above them. These are the 70 that are over the whole nation of Israel and then the leadership that comes under them. So you've got the 70 elders, you've got Aaron, you've got his, his family, his sons. Notice, wait here for us until we come back to you. Aaron and her are with you, and anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. So now if there's a major dispute that has to go past the elders who were in charge of the different tribes of Israel, they can go to Aaron and her. Uh, and so, boom, you've got leadership. Uh, on, on the bottom of the mountain, you've got leadership developing on the top of the mountain, and we know what happens down in the valley. And we'll deal with that, but it'll be a long time from now because God's going to instruct his people on how to worship him. And I think we're remiss when we focus on Moses going up on the mountain and getting the Ten Commandments, and then we focus on what's happening in the valley, and we don't really spend any time uh, as far as churches or as far as Bible studies, actually going through and thinking about, and I'm not saying we don't, nobody spends any time, but we as a church minimize that time and we maximize the worship of the false gods and we maximize Moses on the mountain when what we ought to be really doing is maximizing the teaching God gave Moses on that mountain. And so he said, verse 15, when Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it. And so there's reason to think Moses is up there with God because God's giving evidence that Moses is up there with him. He says, and the glory of the Lord settled on the Mount, on Mount Sinai. Notice the, the glory of God's up there. They know Moses went up there to talk to God. They know God called Moses up there. And the glory of God's on the mountain so that they can see that God is meeting with Moses and Joshua. And he says, and the glory of the Lord settled on the mountain. And for six days, the cloud covered the mountain. And on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. Notice, you got a cloud on the mountain. Moses is up there. And then on the seventh day, after Moses has seen the glory of the Lord for six days, he, he calls him in. And it says, to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. So the Israelites look up there and they see that there's this, it's this giant fire. It's bright and the glory of God, which is the Shekinah glory of God. That's what we call the glory of God that is around him. The Shekinah glory, the, the powerful, awesome glory of God is on top of that mountain. And Moses is in the middle of it. Now, they're going to presume that Moses is dead. 
But God called Moses up there to be in the glory of God, of, of himself. God called Moses up there so that he could, in his divine nature, consume Moses or surround Moses with who he is. And Moses is going to come back with the Shekinah glory on him because you can't be in the glory of God and not have the uh, not have his glory around you. And so he's going to go up on that mountain and he's going to see God and he's going to meet with him. But the people are watching and they're, they're, they are questioning what's going on. Now, I want you to notice why they're questioning what's going on. First of all, they're not going to meet God themselves. They had that chance. And wondering how it works and how it all works out is is a coward's excuse for not meeting with God. Oftentimes we make presumptions and we say this and that is going on as far as religious experiences and rather and what God's doing. And rather than us going and, and seeking God out ourselves and experiencing God and seeing what is God and what's not God, we get reports from other people. I've in my own ministry, in my own life, I, I've rejected that. I'm going, if some, if there's some way for me to experience or be around what's going on and, and to see and to evaluate myself, what's happening as far as people seeking and, and chasing after God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go see. I'm not going to close myself off and, and say to myself, I worship God in this little narrow way. I understand God. And then I'm going to make presumptions about other people. That's not how it works for me. And I don't believe in that. I believe now, obviously, you want to carry your understanding, your knowledge of God's word, and you need that. You need a deep understanding of God's word, and you need it, you need it taught by God to you. You go, well, what do you, how do you mean by that? I'm not supposed to listen to teachers. I don't believe that's true at all because I'm here teaching you. So I would say you, in the counsel of many, there's wisdom. So listening to a lot of people teach and things like that gains you wisdom. But that being said, you need to study God's word yourself and be satisfied from the Holy Spirit as to what God is saying and doing and meaning in his scripture. And then when you hear about others going and experiencing and understanding and worshiping God in different ways and different things that happen within different groups of people, different sects and denominations of churches, I'd go and find out. I'd go sit and listen and be a part of what's going on and see what's happening. And you go, you do that, Pastor? Yeah, I've been in a lot of different types of churches. I love to go to a different type of church. And the reason I do is not necessarily that I'm going to take on their belief system, but I want to see what's going on with them. Maybe they have an understanding or insight into God that I don't have that's clearly in his word, just God hadn't revealed it to me yet. I love to even listen to Jewish people talk about God's word in the Old Testament, because quite clearly they have a perspective of God that I wouldn't naturally have one from him. I love to go to different types of denominational churches and study what they believe and then see how that manifests and how they worship. And maybe a lot of times, maybe I'll see something that I didn't see before or understand something about God that I didn't understand before. And I take that on as an important part of what I do. And understanding God, worshiping God and understanding, seeking out God is an exploration that involves other people teaching you, sure, but it's an exploration that's got to be at its core, intimate and personal. And they were on the bottom of the mountain looking up, surmising and coming up with their own thoughts on what was going up on, going on top of that mountain rather than having gone up themselves and experienced it themselves. And so they're the ones that are primarily at fault in this situation. And that, that's the reason they end up uh, uh, straying from God 
and creating their own gods for them. And a, a life that is spent, a life that expe- is spent experiencing God through his word, a life that is spent searching for God in his word, and a life that ex- is spent intimately walking with God is a life that is going to understand God and know and have boldness about how to walk with him. A life that is spent just looking at others and and not ever gleaning truth and understanding from them and how God has revealed himself to them is a life that is really closed off and fails to take advantage of all that God's doing in the world that he's created. And I'm not talking about pantheism. I'm not talking about going out and just taking in what a bunch of people say that quite clearly is out of line with scripture. I'm talking about going and experiencing some of the great things that God is doing that's outside of your little holy huddle or your little personal group and and taking the good and rejecting the bad that goes on there because n- none of us do it exactly right and it's a life that goes out and searches for searches for God's hand at work in the world is a life that's going to experience God and and sitting on the on in the valley and failing to go up on the mountain is going to cost you if you don't go chasing after God with your own life. And Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Moses was up there without any food, sustained by God, and sustained by God's nature, by God's divinity, by God's power, and he's going to come down having met with God. And Joshua is too, by the way. And, and so there, there is a wonderful experience that is had when God's people go seeking him, expecting to find him, and walking in faith. We had a great experience yesterday in church. It was really a powerful movement of God, and I, I love that because that, that is caused not by the pastors of the church or by a few individuals who go up on the mountain. That's not how it works in the common church. If you want to have a church that's experiencing God and seeing the power of God come down, not in some manufactured way, but in a real way where the presence of God, because you can feel it. If you want to have that happen, you got to go to a place where there's a lot of people that are genuinely seeking to meet with God. And that can't be done when people are, are, are just looking and expecting somebody else to come and bring them the manna from heaven. It has to be done among a group of people who are all seeking and searching after what God has for them. I'm proud that we can be a part of that. I'm excited that in my 50s, I'm going to be able to spend a lot of time with a group of people who really want to seek God out and see what God's wanting to do uh, with us. And I hope you'll find a place for yourself. If you're out there searching for what God's doing, find a place where when you come in, you feel the presence of God. And when you leave, you've met with God. And uh, if you'll do that, you can't go wrong. You won't miss out because God loves to meet with his people. And that's the whole purpose of him telling Moses how to make a tabernacle because he wants to meet with you. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name.